<laughs> oh, when did you come in? Huh. Oh, well, we might as well get started. Uh, I guess so. Yeah. So, uh, welcome to Sanity Check, a podcast devoted to staying informed and sane in the time of Trump. I'm Ben, and I am joined tonight by Andrew. That's me. Mike is on special assignment. He'll be back next week. We are recording on the evening of, um, what day is today? Thursday? March 1st. March 1st. Uh, today is something like day 405 of the resistance. I need to recalculate that, um, but it's some, something like that. Mm-hmm. So if you enjoy what you hear, you can subscribe on iTunes, at the Google Play Store, or at our website, sanitycheckpod.com. So um, uh, we were away last week, uh, so we've got a lot of stuff really to catch up on. Really a ridiculous amount of things have happened yeah, in the last not, two weeks. It's not been a slow time. Although, I mean, none of Trump time seems to be slow, but it's been particularly eventful. Right. But quite a bit more has has happened since then. Um, Andrew, you want to give us a little uh, rundown? I mean, mostly it's that for the first time really ever, we've managed to break through the uh, thoughts and prayers barrier um, and get some action against the NRA and towards some sort of even vaguely reasonable uh, regulation of, of Yeah, it's really interesting guns. and not entirely clear to me why this has happened. Oh, really? Um, I mean, you I, you I, sound this like is, you have a, a good theory coming up, though. I, the, the cultural moment is, is driving this completely. This is right on the back of Me Too. This is right on the back of, like... The entire this wouldn't be happening if we weren't so upset at Trump about being Trump. Nationally. Okay, that's that's very reasonable. Um, and 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 all of the many things downstream from that 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 it's entailing, all of the the just cultural backlash to his cultural backlash. And I I think that it's very important to note, and I do not mean this in any way to demean these kids who are all who've been awesome. Um. But it's, I think it's important to know The survivors. The survivors, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, I would never demean the victims either. But um, the, that you've, you have these really well-spoken white kids. Yeah, um, yeah. And granted, I think most of these school shootings have happened at predominantly white um, schools, which, I mean, you have – it's like disaffected – white youth like Columbine at Sandy Hook. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of these school shootings are involve, in fact, many, most of the mass shootings I think involve white, white males. But um, uh, one thing that has bothered me a little bit, um, and I say, I don't mean this in any way to denigrate um, these kids who are doing an awesome job, which they should continue and we should celebrate them, et cetera, et cetera. But I do wish that, um, that like young black kids who have stood up and talked about black lives matter and um, topics like that would have gotten, you know, an ounce of the same respect from the media and from the public at large. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think that's, that's funny. I don't think that takes away from any of those kids at all. This is a comment about. No, it doesn't. This is a comment about the listener, the 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 media consumer it, it, it just, and it the just, media. It just shows a, a contrast. Yeah. In, 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I was even going to say, like, you know, you, you said you thought that the majority of school shootings involved uh, white schools or white shooters. Um, and I, like, I can name probably the uh, the same shootings you just named. Like, that's probably the list. Well, those are the three most that I, famous That I can now. name. Right. But there's one per week right. in the U.S., and I don't know anything about those other ones. Were right. they white kids? Were they Hispanic, black? I have no idea. Um, and is that a media issue? Is that I, I really... I'm just sort of at a loss. <laughs> yeah, I'm well, I mean, that it, issue. it's just a, it's a disgusting issue because yeah. it just speaks to how often it happens and yeah, yeah. Um, how routine it is. Um, right. And that it takes something that's even worse than usual to break through that news cycle. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, but all respect to the survivors at, um, at the school, they have been tremendous. Uh, the way that they forced that CNN ta- uh, town hall meeting with the Florida senators yeah, and made Marco Rubio look like the huge asshole that he is. Um, and the, their, the way- <laughs> their protests, um, the way they got caught trying to frame, <laughs> Or the, or the way the way the father got caught trying to frame yeah. CNN for doing how, a bad job how, when in fact that's fucking, not what they did at all. How fucking horrible is that? Like you, using using the deaths of those. What's amazing of, of to his, me of his son's classmates to try to um, advance right wing conspiracy theories about media. What's amazing to me is that uh, the the right wing conspiracy whatever you call them uh we're like oh it's crisis actors these aren't real kids oh it's like they were saying all these things within hours within hours and i was like of course they think that that's what they would do right that's exactly what they would and did do i mean just know that if anyone if our many listeners is not familiar with this concept that there these people like alex jones who claim that that these incidents didn't actually happen and that um, th- that they were teenagers who are actors who are trained to act, in, to pretend to be in crises in order to uh, drum up anti-gun um, mania well, and so on. And, and the reason just... they think of that, and we'll get to this later, is because that's what they did in the election when the Russians paid a bunch of actors to come and uh, dance that, in cages for them. That did literally happen. <laughs> literally happened. As, as we will get to. <laughs> um, so uh, Alex Jones, I'm hoping he, he's, he's gotten two strikes on YouTube because of these claims. If he gets another one, they're going to kick him off of YouTube. Oh, is that yeah. A, yeah, after already losing his hosting twice? Yeah. So, I mean, YouTube, I mean, YouTube and Facebook and so on. I mean, they, there was a very interesting article. I can't, oh, I should... I should have uh, pulled this up before we uh, started recording, but um, about how um, the Trump team during the campaign really manipulated Facebook very well. Mm-hmm. Um, that, like, apparently the way that Facebook's ads work, it's like an auction-based system where you know they've got a finite amount of ad space, and so uh, different people can bid on. Um, on that ad space, but Facebook doesn't just take the monetary value of the bid into account. They also take the clickbaitiness of it into account. 
because obviously they want ads that people are actually going to click on because that leads to more revenue. Hmm. So they use that as sort of like a multiplier. Um, so hmm. the Trump campaign was much better than the Clinton campaign at coming up with outrageous clickbaity ads. And so they ended up paying um, in places like 100 or 200 times less for the same ad space as the Clinton campaign did, which in any other form of media would be illegal because it would violate the equal um, advertising and media um, huh. uh, election laws. Um, and that's interesting. I mean, there's no way to measure exactly what effect that had, but it can't have been nothing. There's probably a way to measure it. I don't know how good it would be. Yeah. Um, I'll try to find that for um, for next time. But let, let, let's mention a few of the other things that have um, have happened in the wake of, um, of yeah. the shooting. Yeah, so so much outrage has has come down that actually companies, like the, the NRA is actually having to get up and defend itself in a way that hasn't happened in a long time. And companies are starting to sort of push them away. Um, they don't want to be seen with them. So they're being, all of their sort of uh, membership benefits or like discounts at places for NRA membership are being dropped uh, from companies. Um, uh, sort of famously Delta dropped their uh, discount for NRA members, Delta Airlines, um, who have now been threatened and I directly think, threatened. Well, directly threatened and I think followed through upon uh, to have the tax break they had just gotten taken away uh, by the state of Georgia for messing with NRA members. Um, Delta, of course, is headquartered in Atlanta. That's right. Uh, until <laughs> maybe now, as they are being actively courted by Democratic uh, Congress people from a host of other states. Um, well, the obvious place for them to go would be uh, Minneapolis. Mm. Um because the Delta is made up of Delta and uh, the remnants of Northwest Airlines, which was um, based out of Minneapolis. That's right. So they're, that's their second biggest hub, and they've got their second operations center there. Nice. Um, I'm a Delta frequent flyer. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then also, um, companies are beginning to restrict gun sales on and, their own without this, waiting for this has been the most interesting and probably the most substantive uh response from companies anyway what you're about to talk about uh which is essentially that uh companies are not selling they're, they're making the decision uh not to sell uh assault weapons this is right so they're, they're, we're seeing some of the biggest Gun retailers, um, yeah, Walmart, enforce Dick Sporting Goods. I guess you could call it forms of increased gun control on their own. So yeah. Walmart, uh, believe it or not, already did not sell assault weapons. They actually stopped selling assault style weapons in 2015. But they um, they've raised the limit on the the age requirement to sell any guns in their stores, and they're the number one gun retailer in the country by far to 21 um and they also won't sell any toys now that look like assault weapons um i don't know what impact that has exactly but it can't be a bad thing 
Well, if um, we're going to arm teachers, it's going to okay. prevent some deaths from panicky yeah, teachers. Right, that's true. Shooting children. And then Dick Sporting Goods, which is one of the largest retailers of um, of weapons in the country, has announced that they will be banning the sale of assault weapons, of extra-large capacity magazines, um, and also will be raising uh, the age requirement to purchase any gun in their store um, to 21. So, I mean, is this far enough? No, of course not. Um, no, I mean, I actually, yeah, that this is... This is great, and what I what I hope will happen from this is that those companies will then want the government to prevent them from having competition in that eight like eighteen to twenty one age group and in those weapon types, and yeah. then proceed to regulate them because this is the kind of thing that Walmart or Dicks can just undo at any time, like literally any time without telling anybody. Um, now, now, what I did think was interesting is that you know Walmart went pretty out of their way to make their announcement as apolitical as possible but mm -hmm. dicks um dicks did not let me see if i can um find their announcement they actually um <laughs> made their announcement as political as possible <laughs> yeah so I, I mentioned briefly uh all the talk about arming teachers which has been sort of the loud response coming from the NRA and and for a little while the president who has flip-flopped like unbelievably on this um and I just want to not treat that seriously that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard uh there are so many legal and logistical problems with anything even remotely close to that that it's just not even worth honoring as an argument yeah, I mean, I I completely agree. I'm just going to the only thing I'm going to choose to mention anyway is um, imagine the difference in what would happen if a white teacher pulled out a gun mm -hmm. and a black male teacher pulled out a gun. Um, totally like in in theory to defend his students, what might happen? Yep. I mean, it's. I mean, there's so there, there's so many. I I mean, I saw on Facebook a list of like three dozen questions to like, where do we keep the guns? What who's liable if a student steals a gun from a teacher? Like, what if a gun gets lost? What happens then? What if a student gets shot by mistake? What happens then? It's a terrible idea. It's an unbelievably terrible idea. Um, so I didn't find the whole uh, Dick's announcement, but I I found probably the most important part. This is from uh, Edward Stack, their um, chief executive, who's the son of the, the founder of uh, Dix. Um, and he said, um, quote, when we saw what happened in Parkland, we were so disturbed and upset. We love these kids and their rallying cry, enough is enough, it got to us. So we're gonna take a stand and step up and tell people our view and hopefully bring people along into the conversation. So he, you know, he, not only did he not try to wishy-wash it, um, he tied the decision directly into the advocacy from the kids, the survivors in, mm -hmm. in Parkland, and um, and and stated that the decision was uh, a political and moral one. Which you know, I I, I do give them a 
a fair amount of credit for. Yeah, I mean, I part of me is like, okay, like I'm glad you're doing it now. I mean, obviously, yeah, it should have happened already. <laughs> but, but I, I'm glad they're doing it now. Yeah, I mean, it's as I say, it's not nearly enough. Um, but uh, it's a start. And the uh, conversation's not over. No. Trump himself says we should just take guns away from people willy-nilly, early. early and early. often, without asking questions. No, no due process. <laughs> the guy, the guy in charge of our country. <laughs> yeah. He's a raving lunatic. What Andrew is referring to was really a quite a scene where Trump was sort of... It was like he was having a conversation with himself, almost. <laughs> uh, I mean, there was this televised discussion slash press availability where a whole bunch of senators and Trump were discussing gun control. And Mike Pence is talking about these, you know, usual mealy-mouthed Republican ideas about how it's really a mental health issue and, you know, maybe if we find out that someone has, like, 85 forms of mental illness, then we could consider taking them to court to maybe take their guns away. And Trump was like, I don't think so. I think that's a terrible idea. I think we should take away their guns first, because if we don't, then they might shoot someone. (laughs) We don't need due process. Donald, shh, that's the point. Right, and that, Mike, <laughs> the look on Mike Pence's face was, really, was pretty priceless. And the look on Diane Feinstein's face. You mean when she was just grinning and laughing and pointing? <laughs> that, is, that is what I mean. Yes, that was, that was pretty good. <laughs> so, yeah, the Donald, um, maybe he was punch drunk, I don't know, because uh, he's not had a great week. couple of weeks. couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, I, let's just say, I don't think he's going to be sending Bob Mueller a uh, Christmas card. Well, uh, a polonium-free Christmas card, at any yeah, rate. Yeah, right. Um, so, since we last spoke, um, the following things have happened. Um, Robert Mueller indicted 13 Russians and one American for... Um, for being involved in uh, systematic identity theft and uh, propaganda efforts uh, with direct interference in the 2016 presidential election, um, posing as um, Americans. Um, This is, of course, illegal. Um, Of course, these Russians are not in custody. They are in Russia. Russia. So Denying they're, it. They're indicted in absentia. The the one American, um, he actually uh, pleaded guilty um, and is claiming that he, he, he helped facilitate a lot of the um, identity theft, um, but he's, he's claiming he didn't know that they were Russians. Not that that really makes it a lot better, but mm-hmm. anyway. Um, there are reports coming out of the New York Times and uh, the Washington Post in the last... 24, 48 hours that Mueller is preparing to release another large batch of indictments of Mm. Russians. Um, This time, it would be Russians who he uh, believes he has evidence were directly involved in the uh, theft and dissemination of the DNC's emails. Um, yeah, so so that first group is the the Internet Research Agency, right? Yes. And the the second one is that fancy bear in the Dutch. Uh, that Dutch building with the in videotape? The, yeah, in the, I mean, from what we know. Allegedly, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, these are 
and it's believed that these are all sanctioned arms of right. um, probably Russian military intelligence. Um, and then I think it probably the biggest Mueller news um, is that he um, has subpoenaed uh, the uh, records involving the Trump Organization and Deutsche Bank which was the last remaining Western bank that was doing business with the Trump organization post bankruptcies. Um, Deutsche Bank also has a uh, tight relationship with VEB, which is one of the Russian state banks, which is extremely tight with Putin. um, And And is on sanctions lists. Yes. Um, And so, you know, there, there are things that, it would be nice to know, which is presumably why these subpoenas are going out. Um, did VEB purchase any of the debt that Deutsche Bank was holding for the Trump organization? Um, if they did something like that, then that would mean that Trump essentially owed the Russian government hundreds of millions of dollars, um, which would put him in a extremely compromised position. Not a, not a great place. Um, so that was the first bit and then we found out that um, Mueller has been directly uh, questioning witnesses and um, doing digging into financial records that relate to the Trump organization's financial interests and business directly in Russia and connected to Russian businessmen. Which we are led to believe by Donald himself that there was zero of. Right. Which we already know is a huge lie, <laughs> um, but like it, this is a big, big deal. This is a big deal um, because it. it I mean, may, this is it. This is the big. It may be very, very difficult, if not impossible, to prove direct election collusion, but it probably is not impossible, and I don't know how difficult um, to demonstrate that Trump is a corrupt motherfucker. Um, with who's been who laundering com- money for yeah. all kinds of Russian interests for right. decades, committing all sorts of financial crimes with Russian gangsters, as you say, um, which totally compromises him and makes him susceptible to Russian blackmail and explains why he never says anything bad about Russians, why um, Admiral Mike Rogers this week, who's the uh, head of the National Security Agency, testified that he still not has been given authorization even to uh, conduct um, any uh, counterintelligence or um, any other um, of the necessary work that would need to be done to thwart uh, Russian attempts to meddle in the upcoming 2018 election. Mm-hmm. Um, which which is, thank- thankfully, uh, governors are joining together to do on their own. Yeah, because I mean, that's... I mean, it's inexplicable. It, it, no, <laughs> it is quite explicable. Yes, I mean, you are right. <laughs> it's inexplicable unless... Dot, dot, dot. Unless a very small number of possible reasons. Um, Mueller also, since we last spoke, uh, dealt with a uh, really wishy-washy Rick Gates. The, um, the <laughs> Nice right try, hand, Rick. Yeah. Nice try. <laughs> the right-hand man of Polly Walnut's Manafort. Um, my favorite part of that is that he had on, I believe on February 10th, apparently Rick Gates went in to talk to Mueller and his crew about a plea deal. 
um, pleading guilty to all of the horrendous money laundering and financial crimes that he and Manafort were up to. Or at least several of them. Yeah. The, whatever the plea required. Right. Um, and uh, while he was there, he was caught lying at the session to negotiate the plea deal. He was caught lying about Manafort's activities to the point where his own lawyer quit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so he then went back. I don't know what he did for a few, like a week. And uh, and then Mueller was like, all right, if you're going to do that, then I'm going to release like 37 new indictments against you, um, which he did. Which and he then, did. And then Rick Gates. And, was, and then Rick Gates was like, is that all that you got? <laughs> and Mueller was like, try no. me. Yeah. And so he pleaded guilty to, among other things, having lied on February 10th. <laughs> I mean, it, the, the idiocy. Nice job, guy. It runs deep. Um, but it, it's important to remember that Rick Gates actually, um, he actually stayed with the Trump campaign after Manafort left. That's right. He was one of the longest serving yeah. campaign guys. I mean, he was there for months and uh, working very closely with Jared Kushner. He worked very closely with the uh, digital um, operation um, that they had. Um, the head of was just was just named the campaign manager for the Trump 2020 re-election uh, effort. Is that... Uh, the, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Not the wealthy family that was the Mercers. No, this is a guy who really doesn't know anything and has no business doing running campaigns like <laughs> Well that's that's Trump's yeah. deal. Yeah. So um and I, the other thing that I I think sometimes gets lost in the discussion about Gates and Manafort and so on is that they're big fish. I mean, you know, Paul Manafort was the campaign manager during the convention. And um, during the um, uh, leading up to the Access Hollywood stuff and and, and so on. Um, But uh, the reason that they're so important is not that they're big fish. um, It's that in the grand scheme of things, they were actually really little fish. I mean, they weren't laundering. I mean, they were laundering money for themselves somewhat, but they were laundering the money of much more powerful, sinister um, criminal uh, gangsters uh, above them. Uh, and the real question is what they know about the connections between those guys and Trump and the Trump campaign. Yeah. And what's int- I mean, and that's why it's important to get as many of these guys as possible. Gates, I think, is a good person to have, probably, because I kind of don't think Manafort is going to tell us anything. Well, it sort of seems... I think he's going to fall on his sword. Yeah, I mean, it sort of seems like he's either going to fall on his sword or perhaps he's waiting for the midterm elections. And if... Yeah, if he can just drag it out. If if somehow the Republicans hold on to both houses of Congress, then then Trump will just pardon him. Right. Um, But he's he's just as New York as Trump is. He he can't escape from uh, Schneiderman. No, you wouldn't think so. Um, but he could get out of some of the, some of it, I guess. Sure, he'd only go away for like six lifetimes. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it doesn't seem like he wants to talk. But um, 
Muller also seems to be pretty good at getting people who don't want to talk to talk. So, um, I mean, I would not want to be Paul Manafort. No, no. He's between Paul Muller and probably uh, Robert Muller and probably a very hard place. Yeah. Um, filled with polonium. <laughs> a lot of polonium. Um, so uh, we also... Oh God! So much stuff has happened. We also got the the, the long-awaited um, Democratic memo response to that preposterous <laughs> memo that Devin which, Nunes released, which, in reading it, just reads as the epitome of like mature document writing for for a purpose that is authentic. Like it was a presentation of information as we have it and not a complete obfuscation of everything. Well, you had the Republican memo, which was written for a moron, Devin Nunez, um, by a bunch of uh, Republican interns and staffers. Um, Devin Nunez didn't even look at the so-called evidence. Then you had the Democratic memo that was written solely by Adam Schiff, who was a longtime uh, U.S. attorney in the state of California, um, so a very experienced prosecutor um, and uh, a serious person uh, who has certainly raised his own star a lot during um, all of these events. Absolutely. Um, and who has seen all of this evidence um, uh, himself. And He's one of the only people who's been able to see it. Right. Even what he's right. been able to see. As a member of the so-called Gang of Seven. Um, and um, he, uh, yeah, he did a great job and we we were only able to see the redacted version since Trump, of course, refused to uh, to clear the um, the uh, the full version um, uh, for release. Which is which is maybe fine, even like I don't even. It was extremely. You know, like it's 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 important to be responsible, even in the. Well, in this I'm, time. I'm not sure that it had anything to do with responsibility. I'm not but, sure either, but we don't yeah. we don't know because we can't read it. Right, but it. it it was extremely damning, even with the redactions. I mean, it basically yeah. went through the Nunez memo point by point, which wasn't very difficult because the Nunez memo was like two pages long um, <laughs> and pretty big font. That's all Donnie uh, can read. Yeah, and uh, and just rebutted it in as clear and concise and strong a manner as possible. Um, and basically was like, Devin Nunez, you are a fool. Everything that you have said is idiotic. You should be embarrassed in yourself. Um, and, um, and probably go to jail. Yeah, probably. Uh, I mean, he's, he must have violated some rules. Um, and then, uh, do you see this unbelievable thing that happened today where, uh, where Mark Warner and Richard Burr, the uh, two top members of the Senate Intelligence Committee, mm-hmm. um, you will note... One uh, Democrat on, on, and one, one Republican. Right, uh, made an announcement that they were complaining that some uh, confidential text messages sent by Mark Warner, you know, related to uh, the investigation, um, had been uh, leaked and released by the House Republicans on the House Intelligence Committee. Whoa. 
and that they they were making a complaint uh, to basically anyone who would listen. But they apparently they went and took the very unusual step as senators of going and meeting with the Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, to lodge a formal complaint with him, being like, "Look, your your committee is, just did this thing that is really quite bad that they keep." accusing people of doing um and paul ryan was like well i'm not on the committee so there's nothing i can do about it um you will note he's in charge of the entire house <laughs> you will you um, will note that so of course paul. you can do something about it um but paul ryan as um as dan pfeiffer of uh, crooked media says has the spine of a jellyfish so uh, i i don't agree paul ryan keeps it in the family like nobody i've ever seen you, but you think that involves spine? Uh, I mean, it takes a lot of... It takes something. It takes something. Yeah. Um, it takes something, because that's, that's a lot to keep in the family. But it's pretty bad when the Republican Senate Intelligence Chairman yeah. is willing to go to the Speaker of the House and be like, look, this is really bad, it's got to stop. And then, of course, it doesn't stop. But, right. I mean, it's... Uh, just another example of the um, the times that we're living in. Um, so I mean, there's got there's a million other things that we could spend hours talking about, but um, uh, well, I think we're gonna have to just kind of run through some things quickly and maybe yeah. talk about them in a little more depth next week. I mean, th- again, there's an exodus from the White House. That's right. Hope Hicks. Uh, it, right after. Defend, uh, well, first, did you guys talk about um, Rob? Yeah, so we talked about Rob Porter last time. Porter, so she had just def- she had been defending him, um, and, da- and that wasn't him. going and dating him. <laughs> yeah. None of that was going well for her. Um, and then uh, she went in front of the House Intelligence Committee, right, where she wouldn't tell them anything. She she claimed executive priv- privilege for everything that happened uh, but- after the after the inauguration. Also during the transition period, I mean, she wouldn't really talk about that either. But she did, for some reason, admit <laughs> to telling quote-unquote white lies on behalf of Trump at times in her role as communications director. That's surprisingly honest. Yeah. I mean, I, of course, it, I'd like to know what her definition of a white lie is. It's lies for white people. <laughs> yes. I, well, uh, John Dingle, the former um, Democratic congressman from Michigan, was like, yeah, even their lies are white, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, if you're the communications director of the White House and you're admitting that you're lying to the public, you probably should be fired. Right. Um, and then but the instead, next day, the yes. next day she retired with kind words for Trump and kind words from Trump. Uh, yeah. And now there's uh, and Maggie Haberman defending her and, and insisting that it had nothing to do with uh, the Russia probe or her the fact that she had admitting admitted lying to uh, the American people. And uh, now there's no Trump whisperers left in the in she's the, White the long- House. She is until she is actually gone the longest serving campaign aide to Trump. She was the first member of the Trump campaign other than Trump himself in <laughs> 2015. Um, so in his, uh, political life, if you will, uh, he has never had her not by his side. Um, 
So I, you know, how that will manifest itself, Lord only knows. Or who will communicate for him? Or... Yeah. Uh, and this is this will be like the fifth communications director yeah. out or something like that. Um, if you include Sean Spicer twice, <laughs> um, I mean it's insanity. And then we have um, we're gonna have a third national security advisor. It sounds like that's right. Uh, he's managed to bully HR McMaster out of the job. Well, it sounds like um, this is a John Kelly special. That's. Uh, all the same. John Kelly is a real sinister motherfucker. Yeah, we had some nice things to say about him when he joined, and now no. we don't. We had some. <laughs> we had some cautiously. Maybe he's not quite as bad as uh, some other people. <laughs> In a relative things. sense, those are nice things. Yeah, but it turned out no, he was just as bad. Yeah. In some in some cases worse. Yeah. I mean he makes uh, McMaster and uh the defense secretary James Mattis look like um like my little pony. I mean it's uh <laughs> it's pretty impressive. Um there's been a bunch of uh Jared Kushner news. Uh Jared Kushner lost his top secret uh security his, clearance. His his uh temporary like <laughs> Pending top secret clearance, right. um, which might have something to do with the forty or fifty modifications he's made to his security clearance forms, or the eight billion other reasons yeah. why he should definitely not have any. So in theory, he security. can no longer read the presidential daily briefing. He can no longer get the top secret intelligence that you would think would be necessary for him to fulfill his role as the like number one envoy of the United States in the Middle East peace process and in Asia and in fighting the opioid crisis and all the other bazillion things um, that he's which, supposed to do. Which you might note, we've heard very little about. I, now, the reason for that, Andrew, is I think he actually has been busy, but it, it's that he's been busy enriching himself. Oh, do... Go on. I, I, uh, I am shocked, shocked to hear that. Yeah. Um, like every other member of the Trump administration, it appears that he's been using the government as his personal piggy bank. No. The, um, the Times released a, um, a big expose yesterday, and it's stuff like this, which is the only reason why I haven't completely canceled my subscription to the Times, um, but exposing um, the fact that Kushner has gotten at least $500 million in loans um, directly to his family company, of which he used to be the chief executive. He resigned as that, but he retained his ownership stake. Um, Plus, as it turns out, ownership stakes in like 200 additional sub-companies right. within that. Um, and I, This is just the stuff we know about, the $500 yeah. million. Dollars. And, and, and it's not just that he's gotten these loans it's that you know he's met with with people about you know maybe offering them a job or you know he met with the ceo of Citicorp, um who of course would like fewer regulations on Citicorp, and then Citicorp the next day gives the kushner company a 350 million dollar loan um coincidence maybe um but there's a, there's a reason that there's supposed to be divestment and uh, anti-nepotism laws. And, and these are those reasons. We're seeing that. Yeah. Um, and we're not even talking about, we don't know 
the extent of the investments that he's gotten from Israeli companies. Uh, we know that there's been stuff there. Um, we know there's been other stuff in Europe. Um, uh, so, I mean, the, the level of corruption, I think we're going to be finding out and peeling back the layers on that for years and years to come. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, like, a huge story that, that in normal times, I feel like would be dominating the headlines. Yeah. Um, and, and rightly so, is that uh, Xi Jinping, the, um, the leader of China, has uh, eliminated term limits uh, in China, which sets himself up to be leader for life um not even putin was able to do that yeah i mean he's 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 got to he's got to make up a fake title for himself right. for a little while yeah i mean he set himself up as like just a straight up strong man not even making a pretense about it um and that's a really big deal because china is the biggest country in the world and in some ways the most powerful economic force and obviously has a huge massive nuclear-powered military, and, uh, you know, this is something that we should be talking about, we should be worried about, yeah. we should be, um, we should have smart people who know about guiding our foreign policy on, um, and it's extremely disturbing to me that, uh, I mean, I, I have no faith that anyone in the Trump White House is giving two shits, let alone doing anything about it. Well, they just welcomed him to the club. They were like, yeah. what took you so long? I mean, there might be some, a few career people in the State Department who are pulling their hair out, but, um, and we can listen to Tommy Vitor interview people who know about it on Pod Save the World, but besides that, I mean, it's, it's horrifying. Um, do you have any final thoughts that you want to get in, Andrew? Who we? No, I think you covered everything. <laughs> I, I can't even uh, I, I just can't I it's like it's so much <laughs> it's it's so tiring it um, is you know I I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave us with with one thing um there were a bunch more um house uh, uh like state legislature elections in the last two weeks they all went very well for democrats oh yes and that's true. the generic polling has swung back again hugely in the uh, Democratic favor. Um, so it looks like the the polling boost that Trump had been enjoying for about a month um, has been erased. I'm not going to pretend to know why. Or um, It was an Olympics bump, and yeah. there was... The, ta that, the tax cut was tax doing cut, better, yeah. uh, more popular. Um, but, I mean, there, there's one poll that I saw in a generic ballot poll which had... Um, Democrats up 15 points. Yeah, that's um, that. in on in a in a generic ballot poll, and um, uh, so Democrats, yeah, don't mess this up because it's the ball game. Don't mess it up. This is it. Yes. Bottom of the ninth. Yeah. Runners on. Get it done. Be Jose Altuve. Well, or be be Mo. Be be Mariano be, Rivera. Yeah. Close it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> we we need. The saintly Mariano Rivera, more now <laughs> than ever. Uh, and on that note, thanks for listening to Sanity Check. Make sure to join us again next week. And if you liked what you heard, you can subscribe at iTunes, at the Google Play Store, or at our website, sanitycheckpod.com. 
And in the meantime, keep resisting and persisting. <laughs>